if God placed me here on the job, then I will see my job not as a job, but as a mission and a ministry. That's a whole different mindset. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hillard. Glad you're with us today as we tackle the question, what do you do when you don't like where you work? And Pastor, I am sure that we have many people listening today who would say, that is me. Hopefully many are fulfilled where they're at, but there's got to be many who are like, man, I can't stand where I work. My boss is a jerk. My coworkers are annoying. I don't like what I do. Uh, talk to that person. What, what yeah. if you're in a spot that you just are miserable going to work? Isn't it kind of oxymoronic that we as believers pray about a job? Yeah. And then we testify that God gave us a job. And then a year, two, or three, or four, or five years later, I'm so sick of this job. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but you hear that all the time. On, yeah. There's a dead monkey on the line somewhere. <laughs> and I think the dead monkey is this, that we have detached our mission and ministry from Mm. being at that job. You know, I was listening to Moody Radio, and I do listen to Moody Radio, uh, not just because I'm on it, but because I get built up uh, whenever I listen to Moody Radio as well. And they had a segment where they were interviewing a nurse. Here's what she said. It was very profound. I've never forgotten it. As a matter of fact, I think I even uh, given it as an example in this message. But here's what she said. Uh, they had her on because she had literally won to Christ almost every person that worked on her floor. Yeah. And so the interviewer was saying, we have with us today uh, nurse so-and-so who is a Christian. And uh, she said, no, 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 I'm not a nurse. He said, wait a minute, yes, you are a nurse. She said, no. She said, I'm a Christian nurse. You need to understand that Christian is in the adjectival position, nurse is in the noun position, so that the adjective modifies the noun. Yeah. I'm a Christian disguised as a nurse. I love that. That's the philosophy. Yeah. I'm here to lift up Jesus. Yeah. And even the way you do your work, the Bible tells us, is an indicator of your commitment to Jesus Christ. I, that's such a great way to begin today's program. But uh, now let's get to the teaching as we open our Bibles to Genesis 39. What do you do when you don't like where you work? Here's Pastor Ford. This is an actual job application uh, that a 17-year-old boy submitted to McDonald's to get a job. Uh, here it is. Uh, name, Greg Bullmatch. Desired position, company president or vice president. But seriously, whatever is available. If I was in a position to be picky, I wouldn't be applying here in the first place. Desired salary, $185,000 a year plus stock options and a Michael Ovitz style severance package. If that's not possible, make an offer and we can haggle. Education, yes. Last position held, target for middle management hostility. Most notable achievement, my incredible collection of stolen pens and post-it notes. 
Hours available to work, any. Preferred hours, 1.30 to 3.30 p.m., Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. May we contact your current employer? If I had one, would I be here? Do you have any physical conditions that would prohibit you from lifting up to 50 pounds? 50 pounds of what? Do you have a car? I think the more appropriate question here would be, do you have a car that runs? Have you received any special awards or recognition? I may already be a winner of the publishing clearinghouse sweepstakes. <laughs> do you certify that the above is true and complete to the best of your knowledge? Yes, absolutely. Sign here, Aries. That was an actual application. I thought, wow. But here's what I thought. Well, at least he looked for a job, uh, even though you know he wasn't going to get one with his smart Alex self. He looked for a job, and he wasn't stealing stuff. Uh, he looked for a job, and he wasn't selling hot merchandise. Let me just say this. When you buy hot stuff, you might as well have stolen it. Amen, somebody. That's it. And so this young man was looking for a job, and he wasn't out trying to rob somebody. Uh, so anyway, uh, maybe this young man knew that work has worth and that God has attached dignity to working. Hmm. As a matter of fact, did you know God had a job? Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then it tells us what he did on six days of creation as he created. God had a job. As a matter of fact, God retired from his job. I guess you could say his retirement plan was out of this world. So what did he do? He went to work and he spoke to nothing and it became everything. He went to work and he flung the stars in the sky and uh, the sky in space like a carpet and tacked it down with stars and he carved out canyons with his Jehovistic finger and flung the sweat from his brow and filled all the oceans and the seas. Then he scooped up some red dirt and fashioned it into a man and then... Pff, breathed in him the breath of life. And then in Genesis 2, 2, it says, and I quote, and on the seventh day, God ended his work and he rested from all of his work which he had made. And so God placed value on work that even when he gave you a link card, even when he gave you food stamps or a medical card, you had to work to get it. See, his plan wasn't welfare to work. His plan was work for your welfare. He had four. Here's what they are. Four provisions for the poor. Number one, there was a tithe. What's a tithe? How much is a tithe? 10%. Every three years, you gave 10% of your income for the poor. So that means you gave 33 and a third percent every year so that the poor could be provided for because God had a work for your welfare program. Uh, then there was gleaning. What was that? You remember what that was. If you had a field and your grain grew, you would leave the four corners 
And uh, what were the four corners for? For the homeless, the helpless, the hopeless, for the poor. They'd had to go in, but what would they have to do in order to get the grain? Work. Work. What if your harvesters drop grain on the ground? You left it there. You weren't allowed to pick it up. That was God's provision for the poor. Third provision that God had for the poor was the Sabbath rest. One year in seven years, you could not grow your crops, but if anything grew, who, would, who did it belong to? You? No, the poor. But they would have to do what? Go in and work in order. Are, are you feeling me? You get what's going on? Fourth provision that God had for the poor was called the year of Jubilee. Every 50 years, everything that you owned but had to sell or get rid of was restored to you in the year of Jubilee. And that was God's provision for the poor. He had a work for your welfare program. Now, some of you are saying, I want to work, but I can't find a job. Job downsized, closed down the plant, moved to Mexico. I'm part of the three million people who lost their jobs last year. And I can be sensitive to that. But what do you do when you don't like where you work? What do you do when you get nothing but jump drama on the job and sometimes you wish you didn't have a job? Let me remind you. It's not always what happens to you, but it's what happens in you that counts. God may change your circumstances, and maybe he may not, but he always wants to change us. And we've got to acknowledge that our perception helps our reception, which guides us to our direction, which gets us to our destination. You say, why are you sharing all that with us? It's because of my boy Joseph in Genesis 39. If Joseph were here today, he'd say, that sounds just like me. He teaches us what to do when you don't like where you work. And that's the title of today's message, What to Do When You Don't Like Where You Work. Really a helpful look at Joseph from Genesis 39. We're going to get back to the broadcast in just one moment. But if you ever miss a program, I want to let you know you can always listen to each and every broadcast online. When you come to our website, it is treasuredtruthradio.org. That's treasuredtruthradio.org. Back to the message. Once again, here's Pastor Ford. Genesis 39, six principles. I'm going to drop them, not going to push them. Here's the first principle. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him out of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down hither, and the Lord was with Joseph. Here it is, principle number one. When you don't like where you work, the first thing you got to remember is that God has placed you where you are for a reason. He was brought down uh, uh, to Egypt and it speaks of uh, the fact that he's in a hard place to work but he was brought God brought him there you say now I don't see that in the text turn to Psalm 107 this is the commentary on Genesis 38 and 39 now you know the story well Joseph has a dream and he shares it with his brothers and his brothers turn his dream into a nightmare you got to be careful who you share your dreams with. 
And so his brothers hated on him. They didn't like the dream. And so they were going to kill him. And one brother said, no, don't kill him. Let's sell him. And so they sold him. They put him in a pit and they sold him to the Ishmaelites. Now listen to Psalm 105. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with feathers. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came. The word of the Lord tried him. The king sent and loosed him, the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all of his substance to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his senators wisdom. Joseph was sent there and placed there by God. If you're where you are, God has given it to you. Just write this down. Genesis 45, verses 5 and 7 and 8 and 9. And Genesis 50, verse 19. Joseph is saying, I am where I am. Genesis 45, I'm in the place of God. Genesis 50, you remember, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good. What's he reiterating? What did Joseph know about being in Potiphar's house? I'm a slave here, but God placed me here. There are people who, when they, they're pr- I'm praying for a job, y'all pray for me. Then they get the job and come in and give a testimony. God got me a job. I got a job. But then they're on the job for a year and they got an honorary pit bull kind of boss or their co-workers are, are toxic. And then I'm the only Christian there. I, I, I can't take it no more. I'm tired of this. But wait a minute. You gave a testimony that God got you the job. All of a sudden he changed his mind. He don't want you there now. No. You got to go back to the fact I was placed here by God. So then what will that do? Here's what it will do. It will give you a different mindset about the job. Because if God placed me here on the job, then I will see my job not as a job, but as a mission and a ministry. That's a whole different mindset. See, there's the human perspective and the divine perspective. The human perspective, it's a roadblock. I'm powerless. The divine perspective, it's a runway. I'm powerful. The human perspective, it's an obstacle filled with adversity. The divine perspective, it's an opportunity. There's advancement. The human perspective, there's a headwind and I'm anxious. The divine perspective, it's a tailwind and I'm assured. The human perspective, it's holding me back. The divine perspective, it's pushing me forward. The human perspective, it's a stumbling block. The divine perspective, it's a stepping stone. It controls your perspective. I know the thoughts that I think for you. Thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you to the desired end. Genesis 37, God told Joseph where he would end up. And so now Joseph knows all the promises in him are yea and amen. I'm at Potiphar's. That's not where God said I'd end up. So I'm going to stay here 
do what I'm supposed to do before God and not my boss. That I'm trying to please God and not the people that I work for. You can't let where you start determine where you end up. He didn't know when or how, but he did know who. And that's who he was looking to. Can I, can I tell you something? There's a due date on your deliverance. And if you haven't gotten delivered, then the date hasn't come due yet. Yeah, God planned to bring you out before you ever went in. God planned to do what he has designed to do before the stuff ever start happening to you. Look at the commentary again. He sent a man before them whose feet they put in fetters and hurt him. God, did you know he's going to go through that pain? Yes, I did. But the pain was part of the purpose. And you can't divorce the pain from the purpose. No pain, no purpose. Oh, yeah, that one too. No pain, no gain. And so what happens? What happens? You thank God for it when you first got it. Now you're complaining about it. James 1.1, write that down. James 1.1. It says, uh, James, a servant of Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered. Both of them use the same word, scattered. Anybody remember? Anybody remember? The word scattered. Anybody remember? It's a compound word. What is it? Yes. Diaspora or diaspora. Anybody remember dia through? Preposition through. Spora, seed or through seed or seed sown. So what, what is he trying to tell us? When a farmer sows seed, what has he done? First, he pulled up the weeds. Then he plowed it and made furrows. Then he put the seed in and covered it up. What does that tell us? He didn't just throw it out into the weeds. No. Everything that was necessary to make the soil conducive to the seed so that the seed can get the maximum growth, the farmer did it. God has prepared everything, even your problems, on that job. That's what he wants us to know. And remember, verse 1, a job is better than no job. Remember, where was he before? In the pit. I told you about Noel before. It's torn down now. Pancake House on 87th. It's an empty lot now. They tore it down. Uh, but Noel went in as a dishwasher. And he walked in the door saying, God, I'm going to own this place one day. He, he, he did dishes so well. They said, uh, we need somebody who is a, who, who's a good busboy. We want to promote you to busboy. And they promoted him to busboy. Then they needed a, a waiter. And they promoted him to waiter. Then he became the manager of the day shift. Then he became the manager of the, of the afternoon shift. Then he became the manager of the store. Three years later, he bought it off of the owner. 
and then put another one out in Country Club Hills. You ever listen to his testimony? Now, I shared this one time, and somebody knew him and told him, Pastor Ford from Christ Bible Church preached about you and your experience, and he called me. And he said, man, I didn't know anybody know that story. I said, now there are people all over the world that know that story. He said, yeah, but did you tell them that whenever I was looking for a place to work, God told me work there and I'm going to give it to you. I said, I didn't know that. He said, yeah. He said, I was looking for a place to work. And he said, I could have worked at the restaurant across the street for more pay. But since God told me work here because I'm going to give it to you, I turned that down because I knew that God does not lie. I said, wow. I said, next time I talk about it, I'm going to put that in there. That's it. And so what do you have to do? When you don't like where you work, remember God has put you where you are. Here's second thing. What, what, what do I do when I don't like what I work? Verse 2. Listen to what verse 2 says. And the Lord was with him. He's in Potiphar's and the Lord is with him. Remember when he went to prison and the Lord is with him. Rely upon the Lord to sustain you. See, the presence of a problem never means the absence of God. He didn't take extra breaks, do his emails or his computer on company time. He didn't take reams of paper and pens. No, Proverbs 10.4, Proverbs 19.15, Proverbs 24 all say the same thing. It tells us that we ought to serve as if we're doing everything for God. Well, that's exactly the mindset we're to have and how we are to serve. I know sometimes easier said than done. So as we continue next time, we're going to look at some practical ways and some principles that we can keep in mind when we don't like where we work. Make sure you make it a point to tune in for that program. If you know you can't be listening to the radio, you don't have to miss Pastor Ford's teaching. You can listen to each and every program online when you come to treasuredtruthradio.org. You know, Pastor, one of the uh, things that's so encouraging about being involved in a ministry like this is regular feedback from listeners talking about how God is using this program in their lives. Yes, they're growing in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Uh, some of them don't have the opportunity at times to get to Bible study. Uh, sometimes uh, they don't get the chance to study on their own at home. Yeah. Uh, but they turn on their radio, and uh, Moody Radio is there. Uh, the plethora of teachers and uh, good, sound teaching, and they're able to be edified and built up. And so I know that our listeners want to support us with one-time gifts and monthly gifts. And remember, yeah. no gift is too small because it's not what I do with a million. If a million would be my lot, but it's what I'm going to do right now with a dollar and quarter I got. <laughs> well, if you would like to uh, give a one-time gift or an ongoing monthly gift, you can do that easily by coming to treasuredtruthradio.org. Look for that link that says make a donation and you can give your gift safely and securely online both the ongoing monthly gift and the one-time gift. Again, that's at treasuretruthradio.org. Thanks for giving. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll join us next time here on Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.